Okay, Brandon, how do I respond rather than react? Can you help me? We're so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive in your relationship. Guys, welcome to The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert, a Beyond Enough production. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. And he's definitely an expert. You've been working to help couples with their extreme challenges for like 15 years, right? Yeah, a long time. And I'm glad that I'm here with you guys sharing your vulnerable story. And I hope that it helps our listeners as well. Absolutely. And if you need some help getting started, we have a free resource over at beyond-enough.com forward slash step one. And that's one, the number. It provides the first key steps to healing your relationship, regardless of how tough things are right now. All right, guys, let's roll. That's a big question, Ashlyn. Uh, We'll get into it. Quick review first. Uh, It says, so helpful. This podcast has been a staple in my recovery journey. This trio has such a dynamic approach to all things betrayal recovery. The coverage of topics is balanced, which can be hard to find. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you. We're a duo today. Yes. Um, and by the way, we are a duo today. Kobe is not dead. Um, Kobe is very much alive, right, Ashlyn? I, I he, think that he is, right? He is. I yeah. just saw him. <laughs> so Kobe, Kobe will be back and yeah. uh, back delivering some content. So, um, but I want to ask you a question in order to get into this topic, Okay. okay. So somebody in recovery, whatever that means, do, do bad things, difficult things happen in their life? Oh my gosh. Brandon, I feel like this is something I try to explain often because I feel like once we get to recovery and we're doing all this hard work, it feels like, okay, now like this is our hard work and we're done, right? And right. Kobe, Kobe and I learn year after year nope, we're not done. Like it's just continued life stuff, right? It's family, it's friends, it's work, it's parenting. So, okay. Okay. I want to get specific here. So can you be in recovery and be dealing with a difficult parenting situation? Yes. Can you be in recovery and be dealing with a rift with your family? Can you be in recovery and get divorced? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm saying all of these things. Um, so, so that leads to the question then, okay, then if, if all these bad things can still happen, fights with your family, fights with your mother-in-law, divorce, um, problems with your kids, uh, like all this stuff, if all these things can still happen, then what in the world is recovery? What, what is the point? Um, man, I, I wish there was like, I wish recovery was the magic pill to take away everything. But if that was the case, we'd all be doing it. Right. And right. Brandon would be on the recovery uh, pill, but he doesn't need it. So, um, for me and I, and I love to see when women get to this point in group, and I'm starting to see it in my Monday group where they say, I'm not grateful that this happened. I'm still mad and hurt. But it put me into this place of learning how to teach my kids better and learning how to show up better. And I'm starting to see patterns that I never saw before. And so, yes, life is still hard. The kids still don't sleep through the night or all those things. But you're learning how to show up in your best self 
we still mess up, but we're doing better. Yes. So absolutely. Re recovery does not make you immune to life's challenges. Uh, life's challenges still come. Um, your mom might still be difficult. Um, you know, other people still make decisions and recovery doesn't take away emotions that you might have around those decisions. So you might have sadness, you might have anger, you might have frustration, all of those things. Um, a per but here's the difference between a person in recovery and a person who's not in recovery, Ashlyn. Um, especially when it comes to working a betrayal trauma recovery, there, there's a huge, huge benefit to the rest of your life if you work betrayal trauma recovery, and it's this, is that bad things can happen and bad things inevitably will happen. Hopefully not too many of them, but they will happen in your life. And a person who's working recovery is a person who does not stay stuck in suffering. It's a person who really bees the buffalo, right? Steps into what is, deals with the pain, feels the pain, processes the pain, um, allows, allows it to be there so that they can really look at it for the reality that it is and come through a, a, a process of acceptance to it so that they can respond in a very healthy way to whatever it is, whether it's difficult mother-in-law or bankruptcy or whatever it is, right? Um, that's the difference is that you, you, you learn how to create acceptance and peace and, and moving forward compared to fighting against, resisting, staying stuck in fear, um, and denial, all of those things. Right. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes me think of like the, we've talked about this before the grieving process and how we learn how to grieve. I, I learned how to grieve Yes. when I stepped into betrayal, trauma recovery. And I've heard that from women before. Like I thought I grieved my parents' death 10 years ago and turns out I didn't. And I didn't actually feel all the things. And when I learned how to grieve and that it, there's like a cycle and we're going to go ping pong back and forth. Um, I feel like we learn to micro grieve. So each day there's going to be something that's like, and maybe a disappointment or a really heavy burden. And we learn how to respond and how to show up and how to grieve and accept and, and learn to go through that process in a healthier way rather than the I don't know what's going on, but I'm so uncomfortable. I can't sit in this discomfort, numb it out. Right. I want to ask you, Ashton, maybe some personal questions here, but your, your dad, how old was he when he died? Um, 68. That's young. Yeah. That's so that's unexpected. Yes. And he died yeah. in the night and he died in the night. So it was pretty just unexpected. Um, it was your experience with betrayal trauma recovery because D-Day and all those things happened years before that happened with your dad. Um, was that beneficial to you to help process that grief of the loss of your dad? Oh yeah. And, um, I learned, um, it's like this double-edged sword. Um, I learned how to grieve and I learned how to feel because I stepped into this arena but because of that, I feel very deeply the mm -hmm. sorrow and the sadness, but I also feel really deeply the joy and the happiness. Right. So right. 
um, my, my sadness, like I immediately, I mean, I knew how I knew what I was going to start feeling and I accepted it. I asked for time off from you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, we made adjustments around it because I knew, even though I knew how to grieve, it was a different kind of grief for me. And it kind of all are right. It's like a, this is new to me and I don't know how to do the things, but turns out it's all the same work. (laughs) But Ashlyn, what you just described is vulnerability is instead of all the other coping mechanisms that we have, things like denial or just resistance and avoidance in so many ways, um, you describe vulnerability, which is the loss of your dad is probably one of the deepest pains that you've ever felt. Um, But because you allow yourself to go there and to feel that and to process that pain, um, then you're able to also experience acceptance and moving forward and gratitude for him and his life and 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 the beauty of of the relationship that you had with him you you get to experience that because you allow yourself to to experience the pain and betrayal trauma recovery um if you real if you want real recovery from betrayal trauma then that's where you have to go and it's even it's 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 even more complex in some ways because you have all the other multidimensional trauma of betrayal. Um, the pain is very just odd and complex, mm-hmm. but when you allow yourself to process that pain, go through the grieving process of betrayal trauma, it actually conditions you and teaches you how to process pain that, that comes in other areas in your life. Right. Yeah, for sure. So well, and to recognize it. So, um, one of my friends the other day was like, you're talking about triggers. Like, I didn't even know I had triggers. I didn't even know what that meant, but you're talking kind of this other language, you know, therapy talk. And I had forgotten, like that is therapy talk, but it, it's so everyday talk for you and I, it's automatic. Yes. And I forget just knowing things like that is so powerful. So something that we can pass on to our kids and say, Hey, you know, we've taught our kids halt, start noticing when you feel these things and how you react and they can own their stuff now. Hey, I'm sorry. I freaked out. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I need food. Right. Just um, like that, that, you know, y- you don't always notice those things when you're, when you're going through those. Um, okay. For instance, I had I'm kind of on the roller coaster with emotions. So I have a bad day. I can look back and go, okay, what did I do the day before? What were some of my triggers? Right. And how did I not protect myself and my energy so that today I'm low? Um, and then the next day, so I can feel that low. I can own it. I can say, okay, now going forward, I know my trigger. Um, the next day uh, I went and my self-care roller skating and I was with all these new friends that I met roller skating and I left for hours. We skated and we're not great. It was just fun. But I left with like the hugest smile on my face. I felt so good. I felt like me and I hadn't felt like me for a while. And that's what I'm saying. The, I had that low the day before and I felt it, but Mm -hmm. the next day I felt that high and it was like, Oh my gosh, I forget how good it can feel to be able to differentiate the difference. And I but never did before. You're touching on something that's important, and it's an important part of recovery for both the betrayed and, and the person struggling with addiction, which is um, a, a person in recovery is more mindful of their emotions, of, of the reality. And so 
they're mindful when they're they're low. They're mindful when they're triggered. They're they're mindful when they're struggling, when they're hungry, when they're whatever. And um, that mindfulness leads to um, acceptance of reality. It's okay. That's where I'm at. That's what's going on. And it actually leads to an empowerment in terms of choosing how you want to handle the pain that's going on in your life. Um, a person who's not in recovery doesn't want to get mindful. Um, they want to numb out with whatever they can to avoid the pain, um, which then the pain doesn't magically just evaporate. Um, the pain stays there it starts to create some corrosion and some disease and all kinds of stuff inside of them and suffering and other consequences start to come as a result. Um, so I, yeah, go ahead. I just want to share some of the ways that I did that and I would numb, um, because one betrayal, it turns you into this person that you're not right. Like I feel like my worst self and I would react in very emotionally charged, uh, ways. And for someone who doesn't know how to feel, I could feel really mad. And You're feeling a lot. Yes. And yes. I didn't know what to do and how to really share what I was feeling. It was just like, I'm so mad and here's all this stuff. Um, where was I going with that, Brandon? Um, were you saying that when, like when you were betrayed, oh, when you were in the thick of it, go ahead. You got it? Sorry. sorry. Um, yes. So I would numb out with... Um, romance novels because mm -hmm. my gosh, it's so much better to live in that world than my current world. Um, I would watch a TV series, not like just one a day, but like, you know, Netflix, you can just keep you start watching. binging them. Yes. <laughs> yes. It just automatically plays. Um, I would clean and organize. So some of that's fine. Right. And some of them are like, that's confusing. Cause that's a healthy thing to have a house that's clean. Sure. Um, but if I'm doing it, and very obviously numbing this problem over uh, here because of avoidance. Yes. Um, or I could overwork, um, over exercise. There's so many ways that I would just like, no, these are healthy. So it's okay. I'm not right. doing anything wrong. Right. Just, I'm actually just avoiding all of justifying this. the escape. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Let, let's, let's work through an example here, Ashlyn. So let's say, um, let, let's compare a person in recovery versus a person not in recovery. Okay. okay. So let's say you me go, then, me now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's say you go to a family dinner and your sister is extremely passive aggressive and, um, just kind of mean to you. Okay. So you leave the family dinner and you're feeling, what would you feel? Oh my gosh, this never happened. Uh-oh, maybe I shouldn't do this <laughs> example. I'm I just making a, this up. <laughs> I grew up in a very passive aggressive family. Didn't know it. Um, <laughs> I, old me, would show up um, very short and snappy to my kids on the ride home. Okay, so you'd um, project the emotions. Yes, and I would have zero idea why all of a sudden my mood shifted to something very dark and low where maybe I'm beating myself up and maybe even in shame and mm -hmm. believing the things that maybe were said about me. Yep. So you're starting to internalize it all. Yep. Yes. So now you're spinning in your own shame. You're projecting it onto others 
and you're you're very kind of unmindful of mm-hmm. of what is actually going on and what you're feeling, right? Oh yeah. Okay, so let's shift it here. Um, let's shift to let's say you're in a really good place. You're working your, your recovery. You're doing all the recovery capital. Your dailies. You got a support system. You're feeling hopeful about life. You go to this family dinner and sister is rude. Okay, what happens? Um, you're driving home at this point. Well. First off, Brandon, let's back up. If I'm in recovery, I know that going to a family dinner might cause a trigger for me. So I'm prepared. And so for Kobe and I, it's been like, hey, I need you to have my back. I'm going to have your back, that kind of thing. So you're mindful even beforehand. Yes. It's going in with a plan. And uh, we even would go in with like a time frame. It's we're going to be there two hours tops rather than let's linger. And one of us feels kind of lost or something. Um, so we went in with a plan and then if I left feeling something, being mindful enough to say, okay, I'm recognizing that I left feeling a lot of feelings about my own self that I, so you're acknowledging it. Yeah. Uh, You're aware of it. You're acknowledging it. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're not avoiding that you're annoyed by your sister or hurt or whatever. You're not avoiding that but you're acknowledging, you're actually stepping into it. Like, yeah, this is how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. And if I'm in a great place, I might be even able to talk to my sister about it right then. Mm -hmm. Um, If I'm in an emotional place where it really is um, triggering me and I don't have a place I can, I'm, I would react rather than respond. Then I would sit in it and kind of, okay, process the emotion first, figure it out. Yes. And but then reach out. I, I love it. I love it. I love what you said about, you know, if I'm in a really good place, I'd go talk to my sister. Um, I think a lot of people don't have the confidence to have those boundaries, to step into the painful, uncomfortable conversation that your emotions might be alerting you to, to, to actually go and have. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody in recovery will listen to their emotions, process them, and realize this is what my truth is. This is what I need. So I need to go have a conversation with her, um, and and have have the empowerment and the courage to to follow through with that, with no expectations that she'll hear me. Or, but for me, I need to go have that conversation. I like the expectations. I think, um, especially when we're learning how to do this, I think we all go into it like, okay, I'm going to do this in a really healthy way, and they're going to show up really healthy too. And that, you know, uh, uh, not the case. Uh, just because you're showing up healthy doesn't mean that they're going to respond in that way. Yeah. And, and, and th- that's a, kind of one of the whole points of this episode, Ashlyn, is you can be in recovery and in, internally inside of you, you can, you can learn how to navigate this world and this life in a way where you're going to end up feeling um, acceptance and peace. And those around you might be spinning off into oblivion. They, they could be like creating all kinds of chaos and, and resistance. You inside of you can still create that regardless of what they do. And so um, the difference between someone in recovery and somebody not in recovery is not that the person in, in recovery has a perfect life where there's just perfect rainbows and butterflies and everybody smiles at them all day long. <laughs> Ashen's laughing at that. Nope. It's yeah. not true. I wish it was. Yeah. Don't set yourself up with that expectation. <laughs> um, in fact, um, you may have an increase in, in difficult relational issues and stuff because you're stepping into your recovery 
Um, and the people who are toxic around you are going to start to freak out and that's okay. And you step in anyways, and you work your recovery anyways. Yeah. And, and that's like a little side note onto that. It's, it's, I would say normal if you start to lose some of those relationships, whether it's family or friends, but I hope that you have what Brandon talked about that recovery capital of support and that you can make new, really meaningful and deep relationships. Um, that's to me, one of the biggest parts of recovery is having that people that really understand what you've been through and they're not there to judge, but they're there to like, I'm your cheerleader and you got absolutely, this. absolutely. They back you up in your healthiness and that's a good support system. Yeah. So uh, all kinds of things. If you go to the right therapy, they're going to help you face things, process things and deal with them in, in the right way. Um, good, ther good uh, therapy groups, good support systems from 12 step groups, mm -hmm. um, good coaching groups, like uh, all kinds of stuff will help you. The point of it all, I believe, is to help you come to some acceptance. Like that's the point of good therapy. And, and as you do that, when reacting is a limbic response. It's an automatic response that can keep you stuck. Responding is, comes from your frontal lobe. It's more logical, more rational. And you're responding in a way that is helping propel you toward acceptance and moving forward. Um, and that's the difference between recovery and not recovery. <laughs> not recovery. So um, here's a little challenge for me, at least, um, is this week, you know, you're going to listen to this episode and to really try to be mindful of how you um, notice triggers and how maybe you get a text from someone and you immediately want to type something out, type it out and then delete it. Yeah. Sit in Slow it. it down. Yep. yep. Because I think it's so normal for us to just react, whether it's to kids or friends or whoever, um, social media, for sure. I can go and react to all the comments, um, that are passive aggressive or mean, but I don't, I just sit in it and I'll either not respond at all, or I'll have some sort of response when I'm feeling like, Hey, this is not my stuff, but I can show up and I can own my stuff here. Right. Um, Love it. That I think is a mature emotional intelligence that I don't always have, but I try to be more aware of than I ever was before. Right. And that's uh, one thing that helps with that is a phone call to call a support person. And they're like, whoa, like tone it down, slow down. Let's talk about what's really going on here. Um, so, or you can call the wrong person and they'll get you to, to just yeah. react, just to blow it all up. They so are the worst. <laughs> yes. So, all right, Ashlyn, um, good episode today. I hope this gets you thinking about living a more mindful life and about what real recovery actually is. And Ashlyn, you're a good example of that. So thank you for sharing your experiences with it. And um, any, any last words, Ashlyn? Um, I'm just honestly, just challenge yourself to with parenting, with friends, whatever it is to just slow down this week. Think of Brandon, think of Ashlyn and be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna show some emotional maturity and just think about how to respond here. Yes. Breathe it out. <laughs> yes. All right, you guys, if this episode was helpful, um, please share it. And also, we love ratings and reviews. So go leave us a review if you would. That would be awesome. And have a great week. We'll see you. Bye.